Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to another Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. I'm Shane Bacon. Max, uh, I was, got to be honest, I, I, I thought we were going to get a paintbrush trophy added to the collection headed into the weekend. You were hitting it great. You were rolling it great. Solid week at the Valspar. Yeah, it felt like uh, my week, kind of. The ball just kept going in, but Sam played, like, unreal. Even Sunday, I don't think people could tell how hard it was on Sunday. Uh, the pins were trickier, the wind was trickier, and he just, like, just never blinked. So, uh, I did not get the paint can, uh, which is okay. I'm not much of a painter. I don't like snakes, so the trophy looked a little intimidating. Uh, but it was a cool week. You know, the fans were rowdy. Um, it was fun to be in the mix for what felt like the entire week. Uh, and, you know, probably some of the best golf for four days I've ever played. So that was fun. It's a good golf course. Um, and, uh, yeah, I actually like now that I've played well there and kind of get it better, I, I look forward to playing there again. Yeah, I, I was, you know, we, we reposted kind of the audio you had about talking with Joe about adding this to the schedule, you know, and, and you just basically looking at, the scoring around what typically wins at the Valspar. We know I was diving in. You'd had three missed cuts in your three previous starts. You had one in 2019 and then back uh, earlier when you were kind of struggling a bit with your golf game. But it's it's when you signed up for it, you were in the field, you were in the featured groups, you played well on Thursday. I kept looking at it thinking, why wouldn't Max play here all the time? It's, you know, it's like totally yeah. the golf course that fits who you are, right? It's, you've kind of got to grind. You've got a ball strike away around the golf course. You got to take advantage of the par fives. You got to hit a lot of three woods. I mean, all these things, you know, line up for your golf game. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I noticed that too. When we were walking around the practice round, I'm like, man, that, and we only played the back, not, or the, what nine did we play the front nine? Maybe. Yeah. I think we only played the front nine and I was like, man, this place just like, it just looks like it's going to fit really well. Um, I worked the ball kind of both ways uh, better now, so I felt like those tee shots fit maybe a bit. But it was also just crazy, I guess, how far you can like come in the game of golf or, uh, you know, over over a course of time. But like there was a couple tee shots that I remember having some anxiety about, like thinking about going to it. I was like kind of getting nervous, and then. Um, you know, as a golfer always does, you know, like the couple that are going to, you know, sneak up on you at night right before you go play. And when we got out there, I was like, like rolling my eyes. <laughs> I could not believe how not narrow it looked. And it just shows, you know, I guess a bit of confidence and just, you know, fine tuning the golf swing a little more. So uh, I don't know. Was, yeah. I, I, as long as it keeps fitting the schedule, I, I'll probably keep playing. Cause it does fit. It, it's hard. It takes some thought. It's not, probably not the greatest golf course in the world, but it does demand uh, like precision. And I like that. It's got some goofy holes, which is also kind of fun. It's got like the chaos type goofy holes where it's like, you can kind of just hit it and you might get screwed and it might work out great. Uh, and I, I've always enjoyed that kind of. And uh, so, yeah, but it, it was, it was, you know, in really good shape. Uh, I think that was a new time of year as well. So I've never played when it was like, it was really hot. So the ball went really far, so it felt like it was playing short. Um, I think next year it might be going back to the other time, but I'm not sure. But it's it just everything, like, it just lined up pretty good um, uh, it, with everything. You know, I, like, the weather, I felt fit. Like, you know, felt like a nice uh, spring day at home in Arizona. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It was it was, uh, it was a cool week. Uh, again, like I said, I, I 
couldn't, you know, couldn't believe how when I walked around that place on Wednesday, how much more I enjoyed like looking at it than I did, you know, a couple of years, a few years ago. Yeah, that was, you mentioned it, but that was kind of the quote that was making the rounds early in the week. You said, I think I'm just better at golf now. And then you dove into what you told Lacey about some of the tee shots and you said how they felt so demanding back in the day when you were driving it great. And now that's not, uh, that's not the case. So you finished tied for sixth. That is in a, I, I looked this up this morning and had to double check max. Cause I was very impressed by this number 18 starts this season. You missed your first two cuts. You have 10 top 25s now and 18 starts 10 top 25s, which is pretty impressive. Obviously that speaks to your consistency with the golf game right now. You're 16th in the FedEx cup. You're 16th and the Ryder cup standings. You are 21st. You didn't move in the Aon risk reward challenge this past week. But yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, when you kind of look at how you're playing and, and reading some of the quotes you've said, even hearing and watching some of them, I always dive into the transcripts at night, uh, especially when I know you're having a good week. But, you know, it just, I mean, you, you read like a confident guy, you're swinging it like a confident guy. And first couple of rounds, you had these unbelievable putting days. It was, it was like every day you had something work well, you know? Yeah, it, it, I think that's why I feel like I'm really excited. And I've been excited. I think why I'm having a lot of at least top 25s, as you mentioned, um, is just because like my game feels very, very whole. Um, obviously there's going to be times where things get a bit off, but like the putting has been, you know, this was the first week where it really like popped off, but it's been solid. Uh, and my driving has been like, for me, like tremendous. I feel like it's becoming like a lot more of a weapon. Are you, are you, are you moving it? Are you kind of moving it one way off the tee? I know you said you've been moving it both ways, but I mean, as again, like for people that don't know, or they maybe didn't dive into the old no laying up podcast you did when you were talking about the struggles with your golf game. I mean, it was off the tee where you really had a hard time getting the ball in play when you're driving the golf ball right now. Is it kind of move it both ways and it doesn't matter. Do you feel comfortable with everything with it? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt really quick, but uh, COVID free. So um, I can play this week. Just got that alert. Nice. That a baby stomach kind of flip just in case. Um, yeah. So I guess defending, yeah, defending I, well, champion. Right, yeah, exactly. They, maybe they, you know, they help me out. Um, the, the thing about the driver is, is kind of funny is for the last two years, I haven't driven it like scary more than that. Three or four years. I haven't driven it scary bad. Like where I have these really big, bad ones. I mean, randomly here and there, but like nothing that would like pique your interest. Everyone like what everybody does. But I don't typically move it right to left very well, and I love dr cutting the driver. You know, I play kind of like the Dustin mold and call more cow mold off the tee where it's just like just trust your two-yard cut, and even if it doesn't fit, if you hit it straight enough, you know, you can still play it. But when we were in Alabama um, on Monday, Tuesday, I've been working on like shallowing the golf club, especially for my irons because I do work the ball both ways there. And my irons just hadn't been great. We got started getting it way more shallow and like in a better spot coming down. And all of a sudden we got to driver and I was hitting this like high draw driver, like, but not a flip. Like it felt like I was hitting it with my body and it was super repeatable. And we went out and played that day and I, you know, I could do it on the course and it was wild. Cause I haven't truly never done that before with the driver. I've always had that. You could, I could feel my hands flip, flip it over there. So when we got out there this week, I was kind of like still cutting it, but a lot of times I'd let it like go a little, fall a little left. And I felt like, you know, as I said, like, I think I've been driving it quite well for the whole season. Um, for somebody who's not like, I mean, I hit it out there, but there's, 
an upper echelon of distance. Like I feel like I'm holding my own as far as like the driving sets go, considering I don't hit it, you know, mega, mega far. Um, and I'm happy about that because that's like kind of the biggest, one of the bigger leaps, but to be able to turn it both ways with the driver is like, especially on a course like that, that's like enormous. That's, that's where I would find my big advantage. Cause I feel like if I'm not going to hit it three thirty, three forty, which I'm not planning on, like, you know, I'm not doing that mold that some people are, you know, caught up in Bryson Rory mentioned it. Like, I'm not going to get in there, uh, maybe like on a certain drives, but like, I like how, you know, how it's flying at the moment, but I need to, you know, if you're not going to do that and you still want to have an advantage, you kind of have to be like a phenomenal driver of the ball. Someone like Victor Hofland right. or Colin who hit it really straight. And I think working it both ways would be like something that not a lot of people do off the tee. And I think that'd be huge. So yeah, like that was the fun part of this week is I was hitting cuts and draws with my three wooden driver off the tee. And it just felt like, you know, it was working with the fairway so much. And it, it, it was something I hadn't really done before. So I want to kind of run through the week because a lot of things happened. You had a lot of moments. You know, I, I'm not sure I've I've followed a Max Homa event where you had this many moments before, yeah. even even throughout some of your wins. So uh, I want to go back to Thursday. You make that bomb on 18. You said something to Joe. I mean, it was like a 58-footer or something. And you said something to Joe. I had a couple of listeners uh, send in messages to the Instagram account or even on Twitter, and they said, ask Max what he said. So what did you say when you cashed that that bomb on on Thursday to finish the round? I can't remember. I remember looking at it in the replay and I think I looked at him and laughed and said, wow. (laughs) Uh, And I think, well, I typically tell him good read, but I think, uh, I think we just, if I'm remembering it right, I just said, wow. And then we were standing over the side and he was just like, you know, kind of like, or I might've said it like, it was nice to see the ball go in because we literally like all had like a meeting on Monday in Alabama talking about what we need to get better at. And, like to get to like, you know, number one in the world type stuff. And that was one of them. It's like, we have to just be better from now. We weren't talking about like 60 footers, but we have to <laughs> make, to make a couple more, more 60 putts. Foot putts. <laughs> yeah. That was not exactly like on the agenda. We have to make more putts outside of like 10 feet. Cause I am phenomenal inside six feet. And like my clip just is not, it does not equate as you go further. So it was just funny that like, you know, that day I made a few. And so I think Joe and I were kind of laughing about that because the putter just, I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't miss. I missed like my fair share of 10 footers, but like when I had a long one, it just felt like it was touching the hole, <laughs> which is like a crazy feeling. You truly just feel like you have to hit it on the green. It was wild. I want to get into kind of your historic putting first two rounds. Cause Sean Martin wrote an article about it on PJ tour.com. But I wanted to ask this, you said you had a meeting and, and you had a meeting with Mark Blackburn and Joe Mark Blackburn, who I've virtually gotten to know and, and seems like an unbelievable guy. For a pro golfer, when you have a meeting with your instructor, when you guys are diving into numbers, stats, whatever you guys are talking about, is this like school? Is it like PowerPoint? Are you in a classroom? Like, what's the process of having a meeting about your golf game? I guess it was close to classroom. I don't know. I like, um, you know, Monday, I had talked to Joe a little bit about it, but I kind of like we got to Mark's studio and I like before we did anything, I like, kind of brought it up and just said what I, what I think I need to get better at and what Joe and I need to get better at, like my opinions and what we were going to do to do that. And then like opened it up to everybody else to kind of like either agree, disagree or add something or subtract something. Mark looks at more of my stats and Joe looks at more of my stats than I do. Um, so like they know exactly, you know, if I'm being, if I'm off base, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like class a little bit. I mean, I write, all, like a lot of this stuff down. And, okay. 
Like, like you, it's more hand, like a hand, handwritten? Sometimes, or I wow. had a journal, but sometimes, or I had a journal that day, but sometimes I just put it in my phone like a normal millennial. <laughs> um, new school. So, um, but yeah, but it's, I like that kind of stuff because um, I feel like it gives you direction which is nice. Um, and that's like before you even hit a golf ball. And it's also fun. That means that you're going places. Cause like typically, you know, you go see your coach, let's say when you're struggling, uh, and you know, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your golf swing. And in this case, we're just trying to figure out how to get like a little, little, little bit better, um, each round, which is, that's how, you know, you're kind of on a good path. Um, not like doing anything macro. It's all like these tiny little things like, like, you know, how do we make more putts from 12 to 15 feet? Like it's obviously, we got to work on that, but it doesn't mean that we're not putting well. It's just like where, you know, what's the missing link there. And it's just, so that's fun. I like that stuff. That's fun. Trying to like split up, you know, try, try to gain like a quarter of a stroke <laughs> on the field every, you know, few holes based off of like these little like statistics or, or preparations. And like, you know, it's better than having to figure out how to keep a driver in on the planet. <laughs> So <laughs> that is that is good. So yeah. Smartin wrote this. This is from your first two days. Uh, quote, Homa hold five putts from outside 25 feet in the first two rounds this week. That matches the mark for the most putts made from outside 25 feet in the first two rounds of an event in the shot link era since 2003. Homa made 202 feet, three inches of putts on Thursday, making him just the second player in the shot link era, era to hold more than 200 feet of putts in a single single round at Innisbrook. How about that? After talking about and trying to make longer putts, look at that from uh, from Smartin. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's like, well, first of all, I had two people on Twitter tell me I suck at putting. I on saw one of them. I was laughing. Wild. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild to me. But, um, but I think it was a testament to, like, my speed was really good, and we were obviously – you know, rolling the ball well and like reading them really well. But I also think um, I felt like the first three days I was putting uphill a lot for birdie. I felt like I was in like good spots and like I could make, I could take runs at him. I made one that was downhill. Um, but even then, like that's kind of where you had to leave it. So I felt like having like being able to repeat that over and over again and just having a bunch of uphill, you know, even if it broke a lot, like on those greens, you just wanted to not have to feel like you were being defensive, which is like kind of getting into Sunday early, but like, that's more what I had was a lot of defensive putts. And obviously ball going in that much is crazy, but like having that many looks from those spots was really helpful. And yeah, Joe and I just, you know, we, we must've just been seeing the lines really well. I mean, a couple of putts I didn't even read. He just was like, I love it right here. And I like, at that point, it's like when Steph does the, start shimmying all around the place. It's like, Turn around. Shimmying. I wasn't even looking at the putt anymore. Cause he was like on it. So I was like, all right, and I just put the ball down. It's almost like we were practicing, put the ball down, line it up and just whack it. And, you know, figured if I got the speed, right, it's probably going to go in. So that was like, that was, it was crazy. Every once in a while, that putter just figures itself out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, I mean, that, again, the kind of, kind of dive into what he, what was written there. It's pretty, pretty wild to, to know you've <laughs> matched the mark for most putts of distance ever since Oh three. Uh, that's not the only club that was successful. Obviously we know about your, uh, what do you call it? A, a super Eagle. What was the term you came up yeah, with? Yeah, Super Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Your super Eagle last week. Um, and then you almost have a super Eagle in the event that three wood on Friday, was like 270. I saw after you referred to your three wood as hot. You said she's hot. That was uh that was a white. I had people, I posted on Instagram and people commenting, God, I hope the green's over there. You know, like that's how that's yeah. kind of the line you take. 
it's such like a horrible hole, but like <laughs> fun in that, like the same way I was saying about like the chaos. Like it's, you know, you, without the grandstands back there, I don't know how you'd know where to aim. Cause even with the grandstands, like at least it gives you some reference day to day being like, okay, if it's right of the orange tent, like that's typically on the green, like that's what we're saying. So I hit that shot and I hit it really well, but you have freaking no idea, like literally no <laughs> clue where it is. And it was early in the morning. So it wasn't a lot of people, but Sungjae and Bobby his caddy were up in front of us. Cause they had laid up and I got a thumbs up, you know, well, like if, if you, we know like it's blind or something, we'll give a thumbs up. So, so the other guy knows like, you know, it's a good shot or whatever. And he gave me a thumbs up. So I knew it was like, you know, safe at the very least, maybe on the green. And then Bobby puts his like hand even higher, like higher thumbs up. I'm like, I think that's, really good <laughs> and we get out there and it's you know four feet so it's just a it's just a miracle you just kind of whack it and kind of hope a little bit but it was you know it's fun I, it's hard to get the distance control right with the three wood so that was kind of the that was the best that was the best part about it all but yeah it just the three wood was it's just on fire right now i just can't like i wish wells fargo uh wasn't gonna it rain today or rain tomorrow so i'm gonna have to probably drivers but the three wood just wants to be in play right at the moment uh, I was playing golf on Friday and Greenberg, who has become uh, my buddy, Josh Greenberg, who's uh, our friend that's lived in Vegas for uh, basically his entire life and has now moved out, which is a very disappointing moment for the city of Las Vegas. Not so much for Josh Greenberg himself, but Greenberg has become as big a Max Homa fan as there is on the planet. Uh, he got PJ Tour Live. Uh, he's he follows along on like the PJ Tour app tracker, which is not the best, mind you, not the easiest thing to follow along. Uh, Greenberg will follow every shot. And he texted me. He said, Max is about to make Eagle. And I'm like, sweet, sweet. He must've, you know, hit one in there kind of close, got 10, 12 feet. And so I'm walking down the fairway and I pull PJ tour life up in the, they had the worm cam of your putt. I was like, well, this is a, this is a, he can't miss this putt. This is like four yeah. feet dead center. The, the line was lined up right in the middle. I'm like, well, this is a gimme. This was a pretty good shot. Yeah, it was crazy. It's just like the super bonus. <laughs> you just don't expect it at all. And next thing you know, you know, not only do you not expect it on the tee, but even when you hit your second shot, you have no idea. You're going to take four uh, or even like a comfy five on that hole at times. And then all of a sudden you're brushing it in for three. And it's like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> you know, this is one way to do it. I'll wave it to it. I'll wave to the seven fans over there. Uh, you have a yeah. hole out, and then you have a hole out Eagle on Saturday. Apparently it was number five on sports centers, top 10, which, you know, by the way, just a sidebar here. How much cooler would that sentence have been like 12 years ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, thanks. I feel like it doesn't have the same fire now. God, like that, that was the thing. I mean, that do you, you, you might've, you might be too young for this. Do you remember in sports illustrated when they had faces in the crowd and it was, the, Oh yeah. Okay. That, that was kind of the only chance you had to be recognized as a non-professional athlete, basically in any sport right? Yeah. was faces in the crowd. And Sports Center Top Ten was the same thing. It's like, if you had a golf shot, I remember I was caddying for Irene Cho in an LPGA event once, and she holed out for Eagle, and we were sp sp Sports Center Top Ten, and we both went crazy just landing in the top ten. And you get fifth, it's not even a, a blip on your radar. I, I blame the internet. I blame social media, of course. Yeah, it's kind of we live in like a highlight world now, like on, on our phone. Um, I used to. I'm friends with Stan Verrett, who's one of the anchors for Sports Center, and he used to sneak my stuff in. I think all the time. I made like a 20 footer once in Hawaii, and I, <laughs> I was like 10th on the top 10. I used to sneak in there a lot. So, uh, it, but you're right. I don't even like. I don't watch Sports Center as much. I get all my information from. 
my phone, which is sad but cool because I don't, you know, I just noticed I'm watching less and less TV uh, other than like actual sporting events. <laughs> are you a, hey, are you a hotel on in your hotel room now? Because I, I don't turn the TV on in my hotel room anymore. I just, I think I only watched TV two days last week. I, I, I would put it on in the background at times, but for the most part, I watch or I just look at stuff on my phone. Uh, I was reading a little bit, but like I'll watch like uh, Twitch where they play like video game stuff and that's like taking over my focus. But yeah, it's weird. Like TV used to be such a, not used to be, I watch it at home, but it's like, if I don't know what's on, it kind of leave it off. <laughs> that's a great point. It's like a different world. Yeah. Not having a guide or, or not having the information in there. I, I was in, uh, I was in Augusta, you know, for the whole week at Augusta, I turned the TV on once or twice the whole week. Yeah. I watch my iPad a lot. So I, I was going to tell you this too, cause you and I've discussed, uh, television before both on and off the podcast, but I got my, my three TVs up now in the basement. So I've kind of got the TV room back. I think we're sticking with digital. I think we're going to stick with, with YouTube TV and, and not go back to, yeah, to cable. Do it. That's like the way to go now. I, I think we just I'm got the boxes. It. Yep. It's cheap as hell. It's so cheap. And I got, and I got NBA league pass. I bought it through the app as opposed to doing it through direct TV. Like I'd done before. And I can pull that up on the other TVs. I mean, I had, you know, I'm watching something with Cindy last night. I got, Lakers on on the right TV, which I probably should have turned off about halfway through, but it it's just it's so different now. I mean, my when I moved to Connecticut in 2015, Max, Direct TV was one of my first calls. You know, I mean, it was I had to have Direct TV to get NFL and to get NBA and all those things. And now it's just so crazy how six years later everything's different. Yeah, dude, life's moving. <laughs> you gotta keep up. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about Repsoto. Uh, you know, we all want to know more about our golf swings and the information is extremely helpful out there. The problem is it's very expensive to get said information. It can cost you five figures. Not if you use the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. It's the only golf launch monitor that provides instant feedback with video replay and active shot tracker and data overlay. You set it up extremely easy as well. It sets up right behind where you're swinging on your phone. Boom. You can capture, capture golf swings information distance you can kind of dial in the irons that's something i've been really struggling with as of late to dial in your irons uh, so that is something you should be doing and it's easy as this 500 bucks will get you a rapsodo mobile launch monitor imagine comparing that to a twenty thousand dollar unit the accuracy of the rapsodo mobile launch monitor is within two percent of those twenty thousand dollar units so for 500 bucks, you're getting basically the same information you'd get for $20,000. Uh, make sense of that in your mind, because it makes sense to me. Visit Rapsodo.com. That's R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com slash grip and use the code grip to check out the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. They are great. They are awesome for you to go out to the range with, to the golf course with. And they give you a ton of information that is needed each and every week. And I mentioned this earlier, but it's worth bringing up again. Your Rapsodo stat of the week. Max Homa holds five putts from outside 25 feet in the first two rounds at the Valspar Championship. That matches the mark for the most putts made from outside 25 feet in the first two rounds in an event in the shot link era. That's since 2003. That stat from our friend Sean Martin of PGA Tour. Com, and that is your stat of the week. Our boy was rolling the rock. Check that out. Rapsodo.com slash grip and pick yourself up 
a little helper. It's like having a teacher on your phone every time you hit golf balls. Back to the pod. You have a hole out for Eagle on Saturday. We didn't really talk about it, but that kind of got you around going that day, and you had a great Saturday. Um, anything specific on the hole out? Anything specific on the round? Uh, yeah, it was like uh, I, I was playing well, um, but made a really good birdie on five from short, like hit a really good pitch and made birdie. I felt like that was a bit of like a spark, and then the ball going in on six was just huge because I felt like it felt like for a moment there – I, at least in the back of my mind, was just kind of playing uh, a bit, a bit like freewheeling in a good way, but also kind of like had the, it had the chance to be like an uninspired round because they were just getting out. So they were all on fire out in front of us. Like it was just ridiculous. And when that ball went in, all of a sudden I'm like, all right, you're three under, yeah, three under through six. Like, you know, you can put up a number here and it was yeah, it was huge, but it was it was a fun shot because not saying you hold out a lot, but when you do, it's you know not always the perfect shot. You're not always trying to hit it at the pin, like you know sometimes the ball just goes in here and there, like at a, almost like obviously mostly luck, anyways. But that shot came off exactly how I wanted to. Like I told Joe when it went in, I said that deserved it because that was that's as clean as I could hit it, which was so that's fun, you know. It like. It's always cool, obviously, when you do something like that, make a long putt or chip in or make, you know, hole out from the fairway. But when it, like, is painted, like, shout out to Valspar paint cans, it when it paints a picture that good, it's really fun. And, like, again, Lucas, I couldn't see it, but Lucas Glover and, and his caddy Coop were up there, and Coop just came over smiling. He goes, that ball went in so slowly. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, that was a pretty good one. So that gave me a big boost. But I truly, like, Saturday – was the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. Like, really? Hands down. I don't know. The ball was going in. The crowd was real loud. I felt like I had, like, this ton of support, which was so cool. And I felt like I was chasing these guys. I felt like it was the only one that was, like, chasing on that Saturday. And it was just a grind and a half. It was difficult. But, you know, I was doing really well. And then, like, just having the finish I had and all that mixed with the eagle, like, it just felt like one of those days where it just it felt fake almost when I was done. The putt on 18, I, uh, I imagine I was thinking, so you, you had, you kind of, you kind of like, you had a big lead at Wells Fargo when you won and you kind of had a moment there at Riv with the shot into 18, you know, where it was like, you pulled off the shot you needed to pull off right when you kind of flagged the iron. But have you ever had a moment like, you know, last hole, make a bomb, big fist pump, crowds going crazy have you ever had something like that before in, in your life not not on 18 that's for sure because like on 15 I made a good one and I walked it in and kind of like fist pump and the crowd went nuts and like as you walk to the next tee like they're just scream like it it was crazy like they're screaming and you kind of feel like like a like a rock star for a moment and that was cool because that was one of the cooler things I've done just considering like the buzz that was going on it was more like the vibe of the crowd like you could feel like they wanted somebody to make a move and like on 15 I make you know a long one to make a move but on 18 yeah I've never done anything like that was the coolest thing like one of the coolest things I've ever done and it didn't even matter really but I just felt like we I grinded all day and I had like 40 50 feet on 17 and I lipped it out Joe literally read the putt like almost a foot higher than me and I just went with his and it almost goes in and I'm like oh man like that would have been 
wild if that dropped. Like I was walking after it, like ready for it. And yeah, then got to 18 and got really good break, hit a really great wedge and just have this ridiculous putt. And yeah, it goes in and it goes, it's real loud. And it just, I felt like kind of like JT, how when JT has those days <laughs> or weeks where the ball just seems to go in the whole time or right. like speed where it just like always wants to go in the hole. That's how I felt that Saturday. And that was what was so fun. Is it was just like, given also being the second last group with all these people just going bananas and like the ball just wanting to go in, it was just like the electricity was crazy. It was like truly, truly fun. One of the cool camera shots of the year, really. And I'm not just saying that because, because yeah, we do this, but rad. the, the kind of over behind the bunker, they, they kind of pan up as the ball's rolling, just catch it, go in, kind of catch your reaction. Uh, Nance and, and CBS kind of led with that off the top on Sunday, you know, they showed you and then they went back to the hole out in the putt. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that was, that was awesome. Oh, we were going, our household was going crazy. I think even Henry cheered uh, just because maybe <laughs> we were cheering, but uh, I, I, you know, I like rewound it, make Cindy watch it again. Like Dude, Cindy I, watched, watch- I watched it maybe a hundred times. <laughs> I was I, I just, like, you. I mean, I don't know, like it might be corny, but like, it's legitimately the, like one of the coolest things ever. And my it was so cool. Suck. Like it felt like everything was just, like came, came, like worked out well. <laughs> that was a, uh, you had, you watched that in between Twitch. Apparently that's cause that's your yeah. thing. But yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Hey, listen again, I'm telling you, bro. I don't know if all the cards have fallen in the right place here, but they announced this pip thing and the best guy on social media has these unbelievable moments on the golf course as well. It's like, let's go, you know, it's rocking yeah. and rolling. By the way, I had, a, I had a whole tweet lined up. If you won Bowsfire, I was so proud of it. It was going to be no surprise that, you know, the year of the pip, the only multiple winners are the first PJ tour player to embrace social media, the best PJ tour player at social media, and the one PJ tour player that thinks he's good at social media that really isn't. <laughs> that was going to be my. Wait, that's really good. Did you see? I had this in my notes. Did you see the tweet today of from Bryson, where it clearly is Sam Burns and Bryson must have the same manager? Oh God, what did it say? <laughs> oh, it's Bryson, and he says, you know, what a great week at the Valspar. Like, glad I got the win. Thanks to, and then like all of his sponsors and a picture of Sam holding the trophy, but it's from Bryson's account. So I think it's very obviously like they have the same manager, and he forgot to switch over the account burner man it's just Bur- hilarious Bur- looking <laughs> got, got, got burnered um that's yeah that's that's amazing but yeah it would have been it, it would have been apropos if uh if you join the the oh, multiple yeah. winners maybe maybe you'll do it this week i, I have a good feeling yeah maybe. so uh we so get into sunday and then we can we can move on from from Valspar. but uh get into sunday i wrote this on twitter i appreciated the full embrace of the dustin johnson doppelganger with your outfit on Sunday, I like the all blue. I get why. All navy, it. monochromatic. You, you kind of an announcer early in the week. I got tagged in this. I guess it called you Dustin as you made a birdie putt, and um, and then you kind of dressed like Dustin on Sunday. So it was. I, I liked. I liked the move. I think it's. I think it's smart. You guys need to get paired together, and you need to find out what he's wearing and just wear the exact same thing. Well, you could just go all blue, and you probably have like a thirty-five percent chance. Twenty-five percent chance. One of four days. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sunday was an interesting day, man. I felt like I really Saturday I hit it so well, and Sunday I went out there and it felt really good. I had a really good rhythm, um, and I hit it. Crack. I hate doing. I hate being this dude because I saw my stats, but it just felt like a day that just wasn't meant to be in a weird way. Like I couldn't adapt. I felt like the greens were a little different speed. 
I felt like I had a lot more downhill putts, cro- like cross, uh, like left to right downhill putts that I just could not dial in the speed from like 10 to 12 feet. And I, it was just weird day. I, I don't think I could have, I told Joe, I was like, I truly, I think we were walking to 17. I said, I've made two swings. I haven't liked all day and we're, you know, three over. And it just didn't make sense. Um, except for like, just, you know, that's hashtag golf for you. Like, it's just going to, it's going to beat you some days, but I felt like we had a bit more wind and it's already tricky there, but with it being more, I felt like I I was on the, I was on the bad end of the, when, when the gusts would come or when it would just switch a little bit, like it just felt like every time. So I, uh, you know, I birdie one hit a great two shots into two easy birdie and then three is like back into the fan. And we had, you know, 190 something yards, pretty tough shot. And I I have to hit this hold five iron and I hit it and I just, you can't hit it better. I absolutely loved it and i don't know if the wind just switched from being in a little bit to a little bit more just right to left but my ball flies like 210 and goes over the green and i mean i hit a great pitch and hit a terrible putt but like i shouldn't have been like that that does not feel like the value you should be getting out of that good of a shot and then i go to the very so i make bogey and i go to the very next hole and i hit the six iron that i cannot possibly hit better i it it's low, it's drawing, it's whatever. And my ball flies the green again and goes in the back bunker. And I, again, like maybe the wind just kind of switched a little or, or we trusted too much of what we're feeling and not what it should be. Like, I don't know, but I make par there, but it just was like, man, I feel like I'm grinding and I'm, I'm hitting it amazing. Like right. just the, the shots are trying to eight. I, you know, it's a obviously two forty, and I hit this four iron and, this was more user error, but I mean, I absolutely flush. It just doesn't cut. Maybe if it cuts two more yards, it gets on the left side of the green and, you know, I'm fine. And, you know, miss a couple putts for birdie, but like I'm hitting and doing everything. Well, nine, I hit the left side of the fairway. I think it's money and we get up close and I don't have the best vision and, uh, or eyesight. And I asked Joe, I said, is that ball in the bunker or in, in the rough? And he goes, yeah, you got a crazy weird hop because it's le- banks left to right and it bounced dead left apparently. And it's right up against a tree. And I mean, I make par, but it's just like, I felt like I was working really hard for how well I was striking the golf ball, driving it fine, putting it like I'm hitting good putts. I just never felt like I had an easy one. It was a very odd day. And then it was all kind of like looking back on it funny, but on 15, you know, We've been carrying our eight iron like 175 to 180 yards, which is more than normal. And we have this 180 yard shot and it should be down off the right a little bit. And I mean, I, I was like, Joe, I'm going to hit this thing as high as I can, as we had been doing, I'm going to hold it a little bit and we're going to hit it, you know, 20 feet left. And if it goes a little long, whatever. And I hit it and I pulled it a little, so it should be going further. And I'm looking at it, and Joe and I are, Joe's like yelling at it to catch a piece of the green and it is 20 yards short of the front edge, <laughs> like literally 20 yards. And I'm just like, we're walking up there and I'm just like, that had to have switched into us for like a minute. Cause uh, Ted Potter hit it like a long, right. And you know, it wasn't, you could tell how I was flying. It just wasn't getting beaten up by the wind. It was just so weird. And it just felt like I just like kind of had that. It was just a little off the whole way around, except like the game felt good. So that was kind of the fun part of it, but it's obviously not fun. Not like X, like not, not, you know, scoring well, that sucked. But I mean, I didn't go out there and to me, I didn't like lay an egg with my actual golf game. Like it just, the ball, it just was a weird freaking day. It just happens. I guess like if it happens on Thursday, no one thinks twice, I guess it happens on Sunday and it's like, Oh, well, you know, like he just tried to, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, 
my pot, I thought I, I thought I executed a lot of things really well. I thought that the, the extraneous stuff was off, you know, whether it be reads, wind, like the, the, the tough stuff, like the stuff you can't really control that well. I feel like that was just like a little bit off. Uh, and then I will say my speed on the greens was definitely not as good the first as the first three days. So that's probably why I missed more putts, but I just couldn't, I could not find any momentum. I was, I just, it was such an odd day. And then it was almost, it's kind of deflating. Sam was playing so well and like, they're so far ahead. So you're kind of trying to do something, but you can't cause I just like couldn't get the ball close enough to the hole. So it was just an interesting day. Yeah, and, and what was so interesting going into that final round was there was a real good chance. It was gonna it looked to be three players, right? It looked like it was you, Keegan, and Sam. And then that was there was a big gap to the next the next number, right? And yeah. there was that random chance at the end on Saturday when you make the birdie, and then I think it was Keegan, right? Wouldn't Keegan kind of make it a mess eighteen? Yeah, uh, I uh, I didn't see it, but he must have. Yeah, and, and I think he had like five, six, seven feet for bogey, or I believe you were gonna get in the final pairing which i always feel when it's like that at least and again i mean this is coming from somebody that's not playing playing on the pga tour so you can correct me but when there's three or when there's five you know or when there's seven you don't want to be the one that's kind of outside of those groups that are competing right yeah and it's just tougher and you want to be up there watching the guys that have a chance and with the gap from kind of third to fourth it felt like somebody was going to be kind of left out of that final pairing and that happened to be you. I'm sure you would have loved to be out there kind of at least getting to watch what Sam was doing and kind of going back and forth with them there. Yeah, it would have been a little bit easier. I mean, like when you look back at when, when you look back at like Riv, it's totally different, right? Cause in that case, we had all these people at the same number around the same number, DJ, me, uh, who else was in that final group with Sam? I can't remember, but they had, we had like a, you know, few guys and everyone's chasing one dude. And in this case, it was like us three and everyone's chasing us three kind of. And it, it definitely was, you know, the thing I guess I would learn from is it it did feel like, you know, I was kind of like trying not to watch what they're doing, but also kind of curious, like bouncing back and forth of like what I wanted to know almost, you know, and you can hear their cheers and the roars behind you. And I don't know, it's, it's, distracting is not the right word. Cause again, like I thought I did, I played fine. So none of it was like negative, but I do think it would have been more, maybe more settling for a final round to just be in that last group and just like kind of have it in your hands a little bit more instead of like hearing these things going on and not knowing if that's a birdie roar or a par roar right. or, you know, just a decent shot roar. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some of that stuff, I, I, you know, we haven't had fans in a long time and I've been playing really well. Um, and like, so even as we've gotten back to having fans, like I'm still not super experienced being in like the last couple groups on a Saturday and Sunday. So like, I don't know what all that, you know, Tiger always talks about, he knows what each roar is and yada, yada. Like that makes sense if you're around it a lot, but I'm, this is new kind of to us, even like someone like me who's had some success, but like not there's, you know, there's a handful of guys on tour that have been in the final couple groups a ton of times. And I'm obviously not one of them. So like just trying to get comfortable doing that. But again, like all that being said, like it's, that had nothing to do with the performance on right. Sunday. It just was a day like that. Cause like that was, you know, that was a fun ball striking day for me it, considering like it wasn't getting close. So I just felt like I could do what I wanted to do with the ball. just the ball. I, I you know, the rest of it wasn't seeming to work out, but that was kind of cool to be like kind of nervous and do all that and then get up there and still hit it really well. 
One of the things, you know, you, you were talking about scheduling and tournaments you like and scoring and tough conditions and golf courses. You know, something I noticed from this week, and you mentioned it a, a few moments ago about the final round and, and what people could or potentially could say, you know, didn't play well on Sunday. What I love about tough golf courses for tournaments is I feel like there's a more importance on how you play each and every day. You know, I go back to kind of the Amex earlier this year in Palm Springs, and you're right there on Sunday, and you don't play great on Sunday. But if you shoot two over there, you drop like 50 spots on the leaderboard. And you this is a this is a set yourself up for success type, type of golf tournament and type of golf course where no matter what you did on Sunday, the way you played those first three rounds puts you in a position to have a good week no matter what you did, right? Or no matter what you scored. And to me, that means you're playing a professional golf tournament on a professional golf course. Because, you know, if you shoot, if you shoot even at, at Palm Springs, you know, you're going to drop 12 spots. I mean, that's just what that golf course does. So I always like the, the tougher test just because, again, I think it, it it at least allows those first three rounds to be more impactful about, uh, you know, in terms of the finished product. Yeah, totally. Because if you think about it, I mean, every, everybody has a mold for like what they want to play. I do think most PJ Tour players would want to play a course closer to the Valspar as far as like score, you know, wise, like what, what, it typically takes to contend because it, it the uh, uh, Amex, like I went out there Sunday and had just a horrible putting day, but I didn't hit it that bad. I didn't hit it that close. You know, it's nothing good, but I just a horrible putting day. And you're right. I go from first to 21st, just so easily blink of an eye. And this one, you know, the, the yesterday, like I, I don't have, and nothing was bad, I guess, but I don't have a great day, but it's all pretty good. Like I'm avoiding, you know, big mistakes. I'm hitting a lot of good shots, but I'm not getting rewarded. I'm not paying myself off with any putts. It feels like a bit of a grind, this and that, like, but I'm, I'm playing kind of equal golf nearly to the Amex. Like the, the ball is kind of, it's a similar day. Like it's just, I'm, I'm controlling the ball really well, but it's just not, I'm not scoring and you only drop a few places. And it's just like, you know, that's more how it should be. You shouldn't have to, Every week, I should say, you shouldn't have to just fill it up. Like, right. You know, exactly. That should not be the game. Like that, it should be more all encompassing, and that's why I felt really good going into that week because my game feels all encompassing. And you just know that when it's like that, and the course is hard, like you will be benefited. Whereas if you played the Amex and everything was clicking, it doesn't mean that you know you you might not fill it up in 15 feet. And like, so okay, cool, you just shot nine under. I mean, you know, it just. That that's just going to be the the way it is. I mean, you look at somebody like Justin Thomas this week had one of the craziest ball striking weeks of all time, and he put it horrible, and he still can like not contended, but like had a good week right. because you weren't going to get punted if one part of your game was just like if the just the putting was a little bit off because it was so demanding. Everyone was going to have you know their bogeys and whatnot. But you know you play some of these tournaments, and that's why we. You look at Tiger's career, he tries to avoid the ones where you got to go dumb low. And he also went dumb low on courses that people don't do that on because <laughs> that's, you know, they, those courses are kind of, they separate, I guess is the best way to say it. So he, you know, his mold essentially was if I'm the best player and this course helps separate the, you know, people playing the best, like I'm going to play these and not, you know, pick, you know, John Deere is always like a million under par. And it doesn't mean that the best guy doesn't win, but it does mean that there is one part of that game that is getting super exposed. And it's typically, you know, it's a lot like the corn fairy tour stuff. It's typically your putting and that's good. That's a big part of the game. That's why I like variety. But, um, I personally don't 
that's not for like what you said, for lack of a better way of explaining it. Like that to me is not professional golf, like as much as a week like this one was kind of, where it was like highly demanding everywhere. You had to putt well, chip well, think well, hit well, you know, everything needed to be solid. And you look at someone like Sam, who I've been saying for a while, like him and Gooch, like they're the guys I keep waiting for to just absolutely explode. And Sam's been on fire, you know, this year already. Uh, and it was nice to see him win, but he also just like kicked the shit out of all of us <laughs> after four days, you know? And that's just because he just played so well. Like you just can't do like what he did on Sunday was so good. And it's like, he got rewarded for that. Whereas like, it's possible he goes out there, plays the same level of golf on a course that's playing really like like easy, and he gets caught by somebody who shoots 11 under on Sunday. And it's like that's great. I'm not saying that's wrong, but it's like, is that is that what we're going for every week? You know, no. We want to have these weeks where Sam can go out there and just be a nails rock solid and and just wear everybody out. I think that's cool. That's how I like to play tournaments and that's that's entertaining for me to watch as well yeah i play played unbelievable for four days i mean you should win yeah. when you play unbelievable golf for four days i mean he played great right out of the gates on sunday you know he was the best player out there and that's why you win and, and that's the the great part uh hey do you want to switch gears and uh do you want to talk about a potential podcast beef or do you want to talk yeah. about death turkey first which one do you want to talk about I w- oh no i want death turkey first i missed all this okay so uh there is so we moved to Connecticut, you know, a few months ago, moved into a house about two months ago now, loving the house, loving the area we're in, but there's more wildlife here, dude. There's just more, you know, that in Arizona, I would worry about scorpions. And that was my entire concern with scorpions here. I'm not worried about any animals, but you see a lot. I see deer in my backyard. Uh, we, we, we saw what Cindy called a, a beaver the other day, which was definitely not a beaver. It's just, it's not, it, was, not a it, beaver. Was, okay. it was a gopher. It was not a beaver. It was, it was okay. It was close. It was close. Um, made but that mistake. there is now a Turkey dude, not, this isn't like a baby Turkey, like Harlow size Turkey. This is Scotty weight Turkey. It jumps on our fence and you can hear the fence move. And this is like a 10-foot wooden fence. And it's just around all the time. And I'm 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 incredibly scared of this thing because I don't I don't know what what do turkeys do? Are they mean? Do they can they hurt you? They should be mean because we like legitimately base the entire holiday of on their just demise. killing them, right? I mean just they should be mean. death to you guys. They should hate us, right? And yeah. it, it's just but it kind of sneaks up on me too. I was sitting outside the other day and I just looked over to my left and it was 12 feet away. So Cindy thinks it's hilarious, but I'm the one that has to deal with death Turkey. So for anybody out there that has any thoughts on what to do with uh, an invasion of turkeys, I want to say an invasion of turkeys, mind you, it's only one we've named the Turkey Tina, Tina, the Turkey. And it's just around all the time, Max. And I'm really nervous one day I'm going to wake up and the thing's going to be staring through the window in our, in our bedroom window. Oh, it will. What do you have? Like, I feel like you ruined the name Tina for like that. It's death Turkey named Tina. I feel like it needs like a meaner name, like a more unique name. Cindy's Cindy's pretty sweet and pretty nice. And she came up with Tina and uh, and she'll honestly end up loving it. She does love it. So my wife loves all the stuff that makes my life like more annoying. Like she likes when the weather's terrible. Like, Oh, I love this storm. I'm like, yeah, guess who gets to pick up all the crap in the yard now that's that's on yeah, me you yeah, know like yeah. oh it's 
it's pouring down rain. I just washed my car. And she's like, I love the rain. I'm like, yeah, I get to go pay $25 for another car wash. And she loves Tina. And I'm just waiting for Tina to start eating our plants, uh, eating the flowers, you know, attacking Harlow. I mean, all these things scare the shit out of me, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I would be too. And like, I don't, I, f- I feel like there's a time of year where you're allowed to kind of fight back with the turkey and it's in November. Not, th- not and there yet. you're not. Like, yeah. you're off limits. I can't. I can't. I mean, first of all, I would never kill a single animal in my life. I'm the guy that takes insects outside and lets them free kind of person. And so I'm not going to actually do anything. But I did kick like softly. It was like more like a pass, a touch, if you will. I did pass a soccer ball towards Tina the other day when Tina was getting a little too frisky, you know, just a reminder. <laughs> okay, like, you got you got you got a reminder who's boss <laughs> on arms link. So that's a death Turkey that we're dealing with here in Connecticut. Uh, and as for a beef, now I'm going to let you make the final call on this. So you're, uh, you're kind of the president of the, of the podcast beefs uh, on our world, if that's cool with you, but uh, I, I'm going to call it a great podcast just to be nice here. A great golf podcast out there called shotgun start. Brendan Porath uh, and Andy J do it. So, Andy's been on this joke. I don't know if you've seen this uh, with this tweet with his tweets, but he's been all over this joke about you being the highest ranked media member. Have you ever have you seen any of these before? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He loves this joke, and I now I it's a, it's a good I like it. It's a good joke, uh, but he hammers that joke a lot. He always talks about how you're the highest ranked media member. He'll find historical references for people that were in the media that played like in the 1890 Walker Cup stuff like that. Then, so that's not. I mean, now that's not grounds for a beef. Okay, I understand that. But on their Instagram account, the Shotgun Start Podcast Instagram account on Sunday, they blind post about golf needing more cereal sponsors after our last episode, Max. We were literally talking about cereal last week, man. Mm. So so I think, you know, it'd be one thing if he didn't refer to, like, our podcast, like being a media member playing golf, because that means he would be like kind of naive to gotcha, exactly to our, our things. But he just straight up stole your idea, like he and he admitted to it. He basically said, "Yeah, I listen. I listen to get a grip, and I'm gonna plagiarize. <laughs> I'm gonna Bryson DeChambeau this tweet about <laughs> Sam Burns's win. Like I'm just taking it. It's so mine sh- now. should we start a beef with them? Do you think? Is this something we should? I think. I think. Yeah, I think the beef has begun. I think it has. So here's kind of here's what I'm thinking for the here's how we handle this beef. Okay, Um, anytime, you know, we can respond to any of their social media tweets with just snarky stuff. We'll do that. But then I need you to specifically ever in a media setting and Porath and Andy raise their hand for a question. You can't. No, no. We're going to go to the next question. That's it. Yeah. Auto skip. No comment. Auto skip. Or just no comment. Maybe look at them. Say say a brand of cereal eye to eye and then go to the next question. I, I, I'm all in. Yeah. Can you be, can you be snarky in interviews? Can media stuff, have you ever done that before? Have you ever gotten kind of short with an, with a question in a media setting? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd kind of do it probably a little more often than I'd like to, <laughs> but like I did one on Sunday and I wasn't really upset when I left the course, but I wasn't like, you know, chipper. And I, somebody asked to do an interview, but it has nothing to do with the round. You know, it just like, it had to do with the Walker cup coming up. And so it just like kind of wasn't – I felt like it just wasn't the time for it. Gotcha. Kind of. Like it just didn't make sense. I'm done my week. You know, it just was odd. And he's like asking me a lot of questions that were great, you know, and like I love the Walker Cup. But he's like, you know, what year did you play and um, where was that at? And, you know, like questions I'm like, you could have looked this up. Like 
you could have had like a half of you know like that's kind of what bothered me is like i don't mind i guess doing the interview i mean i, I was allowed to say no but it's like that's when i'll get kind of short i'm like okay like where are well, we they don't, they don't do their re- they don't do their work if you is what you're saying free research it i'm not here to like be your 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 wikipedia <laughs> so that's when i was like all right dude like i just played shot three over like i'm not in the happiest of moods i love to do this but i'm not going to like fill you in on like the ins and outs of you know the the bare minimum of this so that's when you'll get like a little bit snarky here and there i heard sam got snarky with somebody on saturday because some reporter asked him when the last time he won a golf tournament was because i think it's been a while wow (laughs) and he did not like that (laughs) so hey i have a i have a i have a completely different route you can take on these if somebody's ever asking you for factual information in in an interview just straight face give them lies be like a played in 2018 walker cup it was at Royal melbourne the 98 walker cup (laughs) it was me and uh, matt kuchar we were battling Royal melbourne in uh yeah in in australia (laughs) just just straight straight face straight face that's a great golf i love 14 you know i I had a hole out on 14 what a moment and just see if it makes it into the into the into the article you know you could just you could (laughs) you could you could be the reason that they have they have to to kind of submit a retraction on an article you know (laughs) <laughs> That'd be so great. Uh, Shane, I've got a question for you. Me, Joe and I were playing some like, would you rather okay. and, and little like trivia games. So here's one of them. I was thinking of, uh, you qualify for the Ryder cut and, you know, based off of like this crop of players that will be on the team, who do you think you would most like, and you could add tiger to that, like the usual su- uh, suspects, who would you most like to partner with in the Ryder cup? Okay, so I'm going to answer. I think my answer is different for me than it would be for me answering for you. So for me, I, I think I'd want to. I think I'd want to play with Spieth just because. Yeah, I think I it, it'd be really fun to hit it to 12 feet and know he's going to make it. Um, I think for you, if if is it is Stricker's the captain, right? This year, is that right? Yeah. If Stricker's the captain and you make this Ryder Cup team, which again you're 16th on the standings, which is pretty ridiculous, by the way. It's very, very, very cool. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know how they don't pair you with, with JT, I guess Xander's number two pick for me, but I guess if I was going to dream pick a group, it'd be Max and, and JT playing together. Yeah. I'd love that. That was my pick. I'd love to play with JT. Uh, cause he just like, I mean, he just has all of the it factors. <laughs> um, obviously speed would be amazing, but, uh, who was, like was that your pick? He really well. So JT would be my pick. Xander and Cantley are going to play the rest of these things forever together. Okay. So they're off limits. <laughs> uh, I think DJ would be really fun to play with too, because I just don't think he'd ever really care if you hit a bad shot. <laughs> you just got to like get to move, keep him moving. Who was Joe's pick? Uh, I didn't ask Joe that one, but we were doing it. So it like kind of piqued my interest. So Joe had a good one. This is really, I'm putting you on the spot. So if you don't know, I'll give you my answer. Uh, but he said, if you could be a uh, honorary member at any golf course in the country, where would it be? Oh man. So I picked Cypress point. Okay. Reason being that I feel like if, you know, I'm not going to be going outside of like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be leaving my home golf courses to practice. So I'm just going to really be going to play and maybe like, uh, entertain people. And like that place I imagine never gets old to go to here and there. Especially if you're not paying for it, you don't feel bad not going there all the time. Uh, I feel like that'd be a, a sneaky good one. I, I honestly think mine might be Yamens Hall, dude. Not not joking. Okay, I, I've never I, been there. Oh, we got to go do it uh, next time. We're both in South Carolina, or we're around South Carolina at the same time. But I just 
they got places you can sleep there, you know, cabins if you needed to, to bunk up. And, and Technically, you can sleep anywhere if you're bold enough. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. There are really <laughs> nice homes in Westport down by the water. I was on a run yesterday, and I ran by. Fit, no big deal. Ran, ran six miles, longest I've ever run. And uh, there was a guy on the front stoop sleeping at like 8 a.m. I, I mean, this house has to be $12 million. And he was sleeping. <laughs> And all I could think was like, is he napping or did he, is that where he yeah, finished up? Doing here? Did he finish up there last night? You know, like, is that, was that 3 a.m.? That's where you ended up or are we taking like a little morning nap, morning snooze? So I didn't ask him, but I was definitely thinking that because to your point, every, <laughs> everywhere's a bed, right? Yeah. Let's get to flights. Uh, worst thing I heard this week, uh, somebody yelled in your backswing. I don't think you, you yeah, heard it. Yeah, on tw- uh, 13. Third I round. You posted, I did not remember hearing that. It almost made me think it was because of the, the delay, okay. but I don't think it was because Immelman said he heard it. So it must not have been, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I do not remember so- hearing something. Really loud. So if you didn't hear it, it probably was, a, it probably was, was an, an audio loud. thing. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that was corner that Hooter. It's like the Hooters like uh, beer section. <laughs> it is Hooters lively. <laughs> Hooters corner is 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 a new one to add to the growing list of names of three hole stretches. I like kind of yeah, not bad. Chad popping. Campbell can get over there and sponsor that. Um, <laughs> all right, best best shot you saw somebody hit this week. You can say your own if you'd like. I'm not going to be opposed to that. I mean, that the three wood was pretty good. Best shot of the year. Uh, maybe I, I hate to make it that one though, because it was so, it's so arbitrary where I was hitting it. It's <laughs> uh, a good point. You had <laughs> you know, no idea like where I was going. Just hitting it. <laughs> so like, I, like, I, I liked the quality of my shot on the, uh, the wedge shot that went in, but I don't know. I, I, I'm going to change the thing. It's not the best shot. I saw somebody hit, but the putt I made on 18 on Saturday was like the coolest it just was too cool not to mention. I'm sorry. I know I'm like talking about my own stuff. I hate doing that, but that was the most fun thing ever. Like I went, like I said, I went through a whole day where I just felt like these fans, like everybody, it was the first time I got to experience it, but I really felt like I had like my group of like people that were there to watch me. Like I've never felt that before. And it was so fun. And then just to top, like cap it off with that. And it felt like a freaking movie. I don't know how to explain it. So that was, and then you mix it with the camera angles. I don't know. It was that was rad. Um, I have a great feel good Friday. Oh, nice! On Sunday, there was this uh, dad and his little girl. She was probably five ish, and I heard her on the very first hole. You know, she said something like, "You know, you know, good drive, Max." Or it, it was very recognizable voice. You know, obviously for you know a young person like it's you know, high pitch, but she was like confident with it. And every time I walked by for eighteen holes, every single time. I walked by or I did anything. I could hear her say, keep it up, Max, or you got this, Max, or great putt, Max, or great this, Max, or, you know, bounce back, Max. Like, she was unbelievable, and she was super adorable. And they, I think they walked basically the entire day with our group, and it was unreal. I don't know. We got her a golf ball. I don't know if uh, the, if, if her her dad listens to this, but if if you're listening, like, that was that was rad. Like that was really fun. Yeah. You, you made it seem like, and you were even texting me this, that it, it seemed like, you know, the, 
there was there was a lot of people like you said there were a lot of people cheering for you you said you had get a grip people out there watching and and yelling for yeah. you it was this was the most energetic the crowd has been since basically the break is that what you're doing kind of what you're saying yeah leave it to florida you know they they get the the beers flowing the hooters uh corner uh people probably a little overserved, but yeah it was it was bumping and i don't know it was like you know because of this podcast, because of like social media playing a bit better, you know, I just felt like it was, it was just kind of crazy. Like I had a ton of people that were just like, kind of, you could feel the boost. Like you got the energy boost. Like it was, that's like, it, I don't know. It was crazy. Never experienced that before. The, uh, the phrase overserved is something we always say for people that are drunk. You know, it's like kind of like yeah, a professional yeah. way of putting it. I kind of want to come up with a new phrase for that. Let's let's think on this. Let's let's put our heads together over the next few days and see if we can come up with something. Because you know you know what else is another thing people do when they're talking about drinking is they'll go, "Well, he's gonna maybe having a few adult beverages instead of yeah, just feeling like I he's like having that. beers." You know, it's like uh, I don't I don't know why we have these little phrases to dance around. I the liked fact it that well, when the we were guys at Mark's house. He has three kids and one of his his youngest daughter. Uh, you know, I was thinking because I was drinking wine. And I'm like, I wonder how you explain this to a kid. Like, yeah, I can drink this and you're not allowed to. And then it kind of hit me. Like, I guess saying like adult beverages makes it better because it doesn't even pique the kids. I mean, it might pique their interest, but it's not, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, that's for you. It's <laughs> a good point. That's a, that's a fair I point. Don't know. Yeah. I guess, I guess on the, on the parental side that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have any more flights? Uh, no, that was my last flight um i I, uh, I had to i wanted to correct something i had a couple people mention to me are you going to bring up with max the shot on nine as his worst shot you saw this week because they thought you oh, just top they thought you just topped it cold topped it you were swinging around a tree man <laughs> yeah I, well, I hooded the face basically it was basically the same shot i hit a riv uh, in the playoff but like a <laughs> hundred yards further. <laughs> and i went for it and it did not did not work at all it was less a top it was more that the face i think was so shut well, i mean it was definitely a top but it was so shut that there wasn't a lot of like wiggle room <laughs> you like really i did that thing perfect but it worked out joe was like i think we should lay up and i didn't want to obviously and uh, so we didn't, and I laid up anyway. So <laughs> kind of scored it out. Uh, we, hey, we haven't talked about your defense, t- to your defense of the Wells Fargo. Uh, this is the first time you mentioned this, I think last week maybe, and I didn't ask about it, but you said this is one of the first times you've ever defending a golf tournament. What's the week like as a defending champion at the Wells Fargo? What, how busy are you? What's your week going to look like? Is it going to be crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. I've literally never done this before uh, in college. My I won, you know, in my senior year and then Webb, I, I didn't, you know, fortunately didn't defend any of those. Uh, so it's crazy. I mean, Wells Fargo does it like, right. They treat us so well. They gave Joe a courtesy car as the defending caddy champion, nice. which is awesome. Um, they get me a, he get, they get him a hotel room too. They get me a hotel room at like, this is the nice hotel room I've ever probably been in. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, I don't know, but you get a lot of media stuff. Like I got to go to the course uh, this late this afternoon and then doing some other stuff Tuesday and Wednesday. So it's a lot of, it's a lot. Typically though, the biggest thing you do when you're defending, I didn't do it this year because of, uh, I did it via like phone call, but I actually did it last year in preparation for the tournament before we knew it was going to get canceled. But you go do what's called a media day, which means you fly out to where the tournament is. Uh, a bunch of the media is playing that golf course that day. And then after, you know, 
basically they do what do you call them like hits right yeah. is that what you call it yeah. they do like you just do quick ones with almost every you know it's usually local news stations um so that's where the bulk of like the stuff comes in um so this week is a little more chill but you know i'm gonna have to do like a real press conference which i don't honestly do very often um so yeah it's a little different but it's nothing nothing crazy it's similar and obviously golf course that you know i really like so it's fun being back here i know the coolest part i think about winning especially a place like this where they seem to treat you know the i think this has gotten voted like the number one favorite like run tournament okay uh, a couple times because of what they do for the caddies, what they do for the players. Like, I mean, now we have a champion's locker room. Like this stuff's like, it's pretty like high, like it's like high, you know, class, class, class. Like <laughs> they figured it out. And, but what comes with that is you have like relationships with the people that have put it on because you, you know, it's a lot more personal. It feels like in a way, maybe I'm just saying that cause it was like the first one I won, but like, it's kind of fun going to the locker room or to the course and knowing, you know, a lot of the people. Guy Lee, who, like, sets set up all my stuff. Like, I mean, I've, like, driven around and, and hung out with him. We've had, like, beers at the golf course. So, you know, it, it feels a little more home, like, homey, which is cool. Um, you, uh, I would like you in your press conference to drop one serial term at some point. Can you try to promise okay, that you'll gotta, do that? I got to figure out the one that will fit the best, but I will absolutely – figure that out let's get it we'll get it in there i'll get somebody to clip it we'll post it on our instagram when you do it and uh and yeah again this is just crossover media integration baby that's what we're all yeah, about you gotta, here you gotta, yeah you gotta blend the two you know? uh, get a grip um great week bro it was fun to watch a whole bunch of my friends you know it's what's been cool about kind of getting to do this is you know i mean guys like andrew and woody and and that crew obviously are are rooting for you all the time but Every time you're in contention, every time you have a chance to win, every time you're playing well, I mean, I got like three max texts from my dad throughout the week. One of them was all caps max with an exclamation mark. That must have been after the putt on Saturday. But, you know, I just get a lot of people that are reaching out. Man, he's playing so great. This is so much fun. Uh, Harmy at, at Dobson sent me. We're, uh, four, we're at a four-car alarm here at this point or, or something. That you, you got it. I think you birdied one. I mean, you know, it's it's – it was it was it was a fun week, and so it's always fun to root. I actually have you reminded me. I have a, a flight. Best thing I heard, and it's from uh, Buddy now that you introduced me to Kevin Stamler. He says something really interesting. Interesting to me, you know, I've made it somewhat known that I kind of say things I'm grateful for, especially when I'm playing golf. Uh, but when I you know wake up in the morning, and he on Saturday night said something so profound and so nice. It's like truly nice, and it, I think everybody should kind of heed this uh in the back of their mind but he said you know when you do your gratitude and say things that you're thankful for don't forget that those same things people you're thankful for are also thankful for you and i thought that's a good thing to remember for everybody is like we can you know i'm obviously clearly thankful for a lot of things and people but it's nice to kind of remember here and there that you you know it's reciprocated and yeah. i appreciate him saying that it was like again, really, really nice, and and also really like smart, and kind of almost a boost to your own personal, um, I don't know, like self confidence. And I've been reading that book I posted on Instagram. I don't know if you've read it, Shane, but you should. Everybody should. It's like rocking my world. But the seven spiritual laws to success. It's really, really interesting. It's really simple. It's like the shortest book ever. And I don't know. It really went along with you know when Kevin said that. It like I don't know. It all like fit and made a lot of sense. 
which was cool. So that's the best thing I heard this week. Nice. I like that a lot. That's a good thing to go out on. Uh, play well this week. Excited to watch. I'm assuming you're probably going to be in a featured group as, as the defending, defending champion. And um, we had Paul Casey. Is your U.S. Kinda, Open this week? Uh, got on uh, this coming Monday, a uh, week from today is, is qualifier. Okay. Yeah. I, cool. I uh, played golf with my old boss at Fox, Mark Loomis, this past week. I gave him shots. He shot. Uh, he had a putt for par on his last hole. He was three under as he stand over the putt. I said, Hey, Lumi, what's your low number here? And he looked at me and said about this. And, uh, oh, no. I, I, I didn't make a birdie, so I did not win money that day, but, uh, <laughs> That's I, all right. You're I, saving them. I, I know I, 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 I'm trying to find something, bro. I got, I'm playing golf tomorrow. I'm playing golf on Friday. I'm playing golf on Saturday. I'm sending my boy, Scott Sackett, some swing videos, uh, to see if he can find or see anything to tell me, uh, that just try to, link myself to i know solly from no lane up had some horrible traffic situation headed his qualifier yeah, today so missed. listen it's this is it's supposed to be stressful that's what this is all about qualifying supposed to be Hell stressful yeah. so uh i listen i'm you know what i'm excited about dude and i'm not this is not bullshit i'm excited to get to the first tee next week and just see what i can do you know because i hadn't yeah, had the no music play in a while right nice. yeah it's i mean you know yeah. you, you hadn't when you hadn't heard the tune and you hadn't seen what your feet are able to do. Let's see. Like, can you dance? Because I, I think I can dance. You know, <laughs> I think I can move my feet. I just hadn't had a chance to do it in a while. And the calmest I've ever been in my entire life on a golf course is that Arizona Open qualifier last year where I went in knowing that if I shot under par, I was going to qualify. And for 18 holes, I just felt super calm. And so I'm really trying to key into that day and try to bring that with me. Have that same feeling. All you got to do is shoot under par. I mean, to think that way as opposed to thinking I got to shoot five under, all you got to do is shoot under par and then see what happens. And so that's the way I'm going to try to go go into it, and we'll see, bro. And maybe I go out there and shoot 65. Maybe I go out there and shoot 75 or whatever it is it is, you know? Yeah, can't control. You can just go out there and just make as many good things as you can and see if uh, see if you can get a few of them to happen in a row. <laughs> uh, so, somebody, so by the way, before we go, somebody asked you the other day, I was playing with somebody and they said, oh, you do that podcast with Max Homa. And they were asked, you know, I was asked, How, how's Max, all this stuff. Uh, you know, he's the worst. Um, you know, he never talks about anything. Nice. But uh, no, I said, uh, they said, have you ever caddied for Max? I go, no, but he's caddy for me. They got, a good, <laughs> yeah. they got a really good kick out of that. that they thought that was God, funny. that was fun. It we'll, was very uh, hot. We'll have to flip. Yeah, it was very hot. We'll have to flip that at some point. Uh, if Maybe if Joe's uh, winning at Chambers Bay and you need a looper, I'll fly out and do that. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, awesome, dude. Have a great week. Uh, play well. Keep it up. Excited to, to watch. It was fun to watch uh, at the Valspar. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, everybody, again for the week. It was a blast. Hope everybody enjoys the Wells Fargo. Wash your hands uh, and talk to you guys next week. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.